Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, let's get to the 8 at 8 o'clock. The Ocho, 8 stories to get your day going. One. One. Start with the Texans. Exit interviews yesterday. C.J. Stroud, the aforementioned, uh, talked about how important this offseason is going to be. Man, it's huge, man. Um... Honestly, like, I'm excited to get back to work, but, of course, uh, it takes time. Like, you can't just rush into it. But uh, I'm really excited to see how much this team is going to grow. Um, and like D'Amico said, man, we got to find some way to get back to that moment and, and win that game, you know. So um, a lot of experience was, was made this year and things like that. So I'm super, super excited for the future and everything like that. Yeah, I think what's cool, and CJ kind of pointed this out a little later. He t- pointed out he's going to get to take a little bit of time off. He hasn't had to do that. He hasn't gotten to do that in a long time. But I think you hear, too, Seth, that rookies going into their second year are excited about the offseason because there's no combine, there's no workouts for teams, there's no February. Like The draft process impacts your ability to get ready for your rookie season also. like It's just it's a much more normal offseason. Heading into year two, yeah, and like like he was like you said, and he said that he growing up was always playing basketball and then having you know elite eleven type stuff and seven on seven, and never really had a break ever like this. So it is a weird. It's weird your rookie year when all of a sudden you've got all this this free time really for the first time in your life. Because when you're at college too, you know you're going to class. You get a even if you're not engaged in your academics, you're still going to class and you got stuff that that you have to do. Um, it's a uh, it's kind of weird. It's really kind of weird. You get and I feel like hmm, I got to talk to rookies about this more. You kind of set the template for how all your off seasons will go that first off season. So it's good to have some structure because uh, uh, you can all of a sudden become a video game guy if you're not careful. You don't. You know what? <laughs> like you can be. You can become a 14 hour a day video game guy because there's nothing else going on, and you gotta. Don't you gotta be do sure it, you, CJ. You add a little bit of structure to your life. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't do it. Two. Uh, the Texans and Ravens on Saturday was the most watched game ever. On ESPN, 31.8 million viewers watched the Texans and the Ravens. It peaked at over 36 million viewers. The 31.8 is on average over the course of that of that game. 31.8 million people viewing on average throughout that three-hour period. Um, it was a good Saturday for the NFL. The Niners and the Packers later on that night, highest highest watch, most watched game on Fox ever as well. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably I not juicing these numbers. Probably non Super non Super Bowl, I would guess. Yeah, but uh, um, but yeah, that the uh, maybe most watched divisional round game. I'm not sure. But bottom line is a whole lot of eyeballs on the Houston Texans on Saturday on ESPN. Yeah, and it was uh, you know the other cool thing that Ross said was that because he was in the booth as the color commentator, 
when he went to go to the bathroom uh, once, and then when he got up to go get lunch at halftime, that he could see the kind of the nervousness on the eyes of some Ravens staff. Yeah, that felt good that, for a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a half, we made them nervous. Man, thank God we thank God we had that previous blowout uh, versus the Chiefs after the Texans had a twenty four nothing lead because at halftime, I my thumbs started feeling a little cocky, and I'm like, ah. I just hold off a little bit. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna quite. Good at job, the very Seth. least, I don't want to be blamed for jinxing them somehow. Yes, good so job. I'm just gonna sit back and, and wait. But yeah, I, I wonder the fact that Lamar had to give them what he termed an inappropriate speech at halftime. Yeah. He got pretty frisky with the, the guys, and, and he wouldn't say that there was rust. Um, and I don't think. I don't. I don't think they underestimated the Texans necessarily. It's just emotionally, it's sometimes it is really hard after you've already beat a team um, to necessarily, and especially when they're on the run they're on, it's almost impossible to not let a little bit of complacency creep in. Right. It's not an awful thing or anything. And it's just, it almost might have been a little bit of a, a kick in the teeth they needed to really wake him up, especially after basically a three-week layoff. Yeah, and I, well, I'll point out, too, that the defense for the Ravens was fine. Like, the Texans did nothing yeah, offensively yes. in the first yeah. half. So they were Good fine point. on defense. And then on, on offense, the Ravens were facing a strategy that they had zero film on. D'Amico Ryan's pounding a blitz button for 80% yeah. of the snaps in the first half. Good job by D'Amico to do something they weren't expecting and for the defense to go execute it. They got into the locker room at halftime and made adjustments to it. And then they yeah. ran over them in the second half. Like, you know, that's how it went. Yeah, I wonder if he did yell at the defense or just the offense. Lamar? He yelled at the defense. Yeah. If he yelled at the defense, I feel like uh, I feel like Rokong Smith might have been just like, hey, man, like, what, Bro. what, 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 do, you, what do you want? Yeah, <laughs> yell at the punt coverage team. They're the one giving yeah. up touchdowns. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Three. All right, let's get to the Astros. They introduced Josh Hader yesterday, the newest Astro, one of the best closers in baseball, former Astros farmhand back in the day. Um, he is now the newest Houston Astro. He's also the highest paid free agent that the Astros have ever signed. Five years, $95 million. Here was his pledge to Astro fans yesterday. I promise to give you uh, all I have on the field and in the community. You know, we're excited we're psyched to, to be here, uh, to win now, and you know many years to come. So appreciate everybody here, and, and thanks, Houston. It is weird. Like, the bullpen, like, when Kendall Graveman went down with a shoulder injury, I know my take was, man, this was already a concern, and now you lose Kendall Graveman, you're sinking $8 million into him. Kudos to Jim Crane. You, you just lost a guy for the year that's making $8 bucks, and you go out and spend $19 million a year on the yeah. best closer in baseball. So thumbs up to Jim Crane on that. But all of a sudden, like with one signing, it's flipped. We're like, oh my God, the bullpen. And now you're like, Abreu, Presley, Hater, 789. Top that, baseball. You know, it's like it's just, it's one signing flips the script. No baseball, no world baseball classic. I just I can't reiterate that enough. You don't have to worry about your, your beloved pitchers right. injuring themselves in the world baseball classic this year. Yep. Um, you called him a closer, Sean. Yeah, I know. I called him a closer, but Josh Hader's like, hey, man, uh, when he was asked, are you going to be the closer for this team? We signed here to, to win uh, baseball games, to win a championship, and I think, um, you know, like Dana said, uh, Ryan's on the same boat, and we're all in the same boat to, you know, do whatever we can and, and win and win ball games and, and take it to the final step. I love this. I, I mean, I, I, I think it's awesome. I, it makes me feel really, really good, and you're gonna, we're going to hear from Lance McCullers here in just a second. Um, but this was, uh, yeah, I just I can't say enough. Kudos to Jim Crane for spending the money on this. 
You know, the the whole thing about Hater though, too, there's something about with the Astros, because they have so much experience in the postseason, that I, like, I don't think they think it's a fluke when people are good in the postseason. You know, as long as you got enough of a sample size. His ERA in the postseason is 1.37 with uh, 33 strikeouts and five saves, 16 appearances. So it's not a huge number of appearances, but uh, I, I think that that alone right there, like that was the first thing that it really grabbed me. And I thought, like, yeah, this is about winning a championship. You know, like there, there are guys that just thrive in the playoffs and there's some guys that go Clayton Kershaw did for the first two thirds of his career. Yeah. And and I also do like that he's kind of like old school skinny. I like me a skinny pitcher with like an angular face. Yeah, he's gonna get up it's there. Like they almost like you're a bit, you're a big, you're like a big Jordan Alvarez size guy, yeah. and you're like, why is this skinny little bastard destroying me? Torque. I like having that guy on my roster. Yeah, I think it raises some questions. You know, it's a five year deal, so they're gonna be paying Josh Hader for a long time. He's only like twenty nine or thirty years old. He's still pretty yeah. young, but um, I wonder how telling this is about how they feel. Their chances are to get all the extensions they're looking to get with guys. You know, oh, like that they're yeah, that they're yeah. spending 19 million 4 years into the future with a new guy tells me and I don't like I don't and I don't think it's a big shock either like it tells me like all right, well we're not feeling great about Tucker signing here long term. Might not be feeling great about Bregman signing here long term. I'm curious what they feel about Altuve signing here long term. I'm kind of hoping something gets done before spring training starts up with Altuve. I, so, I, I don't think I, I'm not nervous about Altuve. But I'll get more nervous if the, if no deal gets done with Altuve. Yeah, does, he, does he end up becoming the guy that you uh, yeah you take for granted, and all of a sudden yeah you know. yeah. So we'll see. What about oh, Altuve? Altuve to the Yankees? Is that what you're suggesting? Shut, shut oh, your God, face, Sean. I can't believe you said that. Shut your face. <laughs> Four. Four. All right, let's get to Lance McCullers. Lance McCullers was at the Fan Fest this weekend. He of course is rehabilitating from uh, arm surgery again. Uh, surgery on his elbow, a bone spur removed, hoping that this is it, and he gets back to being the Lance McCullers of old. Here's the update from Lance McCullers himself on where he's at in his rehab. I'm back to about 80-ish feet throwing. Um, throwing multiple times a week, feel really good. Um, you know, we all want it to go faster than it's going, but um, that's just the nature of, I guess, rehab. You know, last year before I had surgery, I think I was hopeful that I'd be back sometime in the, um, April, May, but when I actually had the surgery, we, the surgery was a little more extensive than we had thought. So, you know, we're hoping, I think my goal uh, would probably be to, you know, at least be in the conversation for a, for a summer for a summer rehab schedule and then, you know, get back here at Minimum. All right, there you go. So that's like a de facto trade at the trade at the uh, trade deadline where you're giving up nothing. You're just getting Lance McCullers at the All-Star break. Yeah. Hopefully the old Lance McCullers. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, with with Lance McCullers, I guess uh, I, I, nobody's. He is where he is in his career at this point, and you just don't you don't necessarily emotionally invest in having him for the entire season. You just hope that you can have some kind of magical season where everything works out. Hope and pray because he's under contract for like three or four more years. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I I don't know where anybody else is. I guess yeah, because of that element of it. Um, I just kind of go into, I try to get into like a Zen state about it. Yeah. And I, I, I try not to desire. I don't grasp for it. I just like whatever will be, will be. And if it comes, then I will, uh, I will appreciate it at that time. And I think you and I, I think I'm saying kind of the same thing, just differently, which is like I'm yeah. viewing him as like if he comes back after the All Star break, hey, this is like someone you just picked up in a trade and we'll see what happens. You know, like I'm yeah. not, as I look at the Astros and their chances of going and winning a World Series in 2024. 
and I'm doing the you know the outlook on the team. Lance McCullers isn't even on my radar right now. Like I'm you know. Okay, what are you less? What will you what will you rely less upon or expect less of? Um, Lance McCullers coming back and playing through the postseason, or Forrest Whitley making it as a reliever? Uh, Forrest Whitley for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Forrest. Yeah, <laughs> Which, it's not like he's been getting injured after going like you know ten starts in a row or anything. Dude, it's this pr- is it's a lot of it's you know. Pr- it, uh, you you read the same article I did about Forrest Whitley. Like it's jarring how few innings he's pitched at any level. Period since getting drafted by the yeah, Astros. I I don't feel like being a reliever is necessarily going to fix whatever issues have been causing the injuries. Yeah, like, I like I think I, I mean I think this is just sort of the hail mary here. This is like the last hurrah with Forrest. Whitley. He's saying everything's good. You know the velocity and everything else so we uh, we shall see five um hall of fame class is getting announced today for major league baseball the baseball hall of fame uh 5 p.m and i think most astro fans are saying a little baseball prayer that billy wagner finally gets the call to cooperstown it's been trending good for billy wagner this is his last shot of getting in on the normal the normal way of getting in not the harold baines way of getting in a few years ago um this is his 10th year on the ballot. Now, he had 68.1% uh, voting in favor for him last year. You need 75% to get in. It sounds like all the, the the polls that they take of people who make their votes public are trending in the right direction for Billy Wagner. I was here when Billy Wagner was the closer for the Astros, Seth. He was a beast. Um, the numbers all line up for it. Um, he's just not as sexy a closer as Mariano Rivera through the years or Trevor Hoffman or guys like that. Um, hoping he gets the call today, man. And I like Billy Wagner. You know, he's uh, he's Billy the Kid. So we'll yeah. see what happens. See what happens. Six. All right, let's get to these quickly. Colin McHugh retiring. Colin McHugh I have fond memories of. Had a couple real good seasons for the Astros. He was part of those Astro teams back in 2013 and 2014 when they were starting to ascend a little bit. I'll never forget being at the TriStar Show, and there was Colin McHugh on a Friday at the TriStar Show, which is always kind of the C-listers. You know, Saturday and Sunday, the main eventers, and there's Colin McHugh, the most, the guy who got the most wins on the Astros pitching staff the year before, and he's got no line at the TriStar show. That would change over the next yeah. few years, where you could plunk any Astro down, and they'd have a line out the door, including one Colin McHugh. Great dude, great interview, huge Game of Thrones fan. That's what I'll remember from Colin McHugh. And wasn't his uh, wasn't his wife was pretty active on social media, right? Maybe, yeah. Wasn't she active on on. The old X.com, or the X.com, formerly Twitter. Yeah, I don't recall. Not sure. Seven. All right, quickly, let's get to the... Why don't you do that research next time? About his wife. Do research. I know, I know. I got to be better. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Coaching carousel in the NFL. The Titans have named, uh, or expect to name, Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator for the Bengals, their new head coach. So two, two angles here, Seth. One, Bobby Slowick can cross the Titans off his list of potential suitors. They have moved on to another candidate. And number two, this is one of the teams in the Texans division. How should we be feeling as Texan fans that the Titans hire Brian Callahan, a Coop Shanistani coach, yeah. as their new head coach? Uh, he's done good work like as a quarterback's coach with Matt Stafford. He wasn't the play caller in Cincinnati. I don't think it's – I don't think he, uh, you, you, know, you give him credit for Joe Burrow being who he is, but he is kind of steeped in that tradition of – Coming from a scheme that takes quarterbacks and, if executed properly, can get the most out of them. Look, Gary Kubiak and uh, and that staff got the most out of Brock Osweiler. I think Callahan was there with Osweiler. Um, they got the most out of Brock Osweiler. That was the best Osweiler's ever been in the NFL. 
Um, so for Will Levis, it, it, this might be exactly what they need to get the absolute most out of him if he's willing to really execute the scheme and everything. I Personally, it's going to be hard for me to be bullish on Will Levis. So I actually like it if, like, if this means they're going to give Will Levis a, a, a year, just like the Texans did with Gary Kubiak and David Carr. Yeah. Like, okay, as, as much as Gary Kubiak did great things for a lot of different quarterbacks, he spent one year with Carr and decided to go elsewhere. So I, I feel like the Titans will do the same with Levis. I think the Titans are going to be one of the worst teams in football this year. I feel strongly Ooh. about that. Yes, I feel, I'm, I'm usually pretty good at picking out the one team that people think could be average but is going to be really bad. Patriots was mine last year. People were like, well, no, you got Belichick. and They'll never really bottom out. Oh, no, they bottomed out. Did they ever? They're picking third. That is the Titans this year for me. Eight. Um, last one, Philly. Two things. They are interviewing Ron Rivera for the defensive coordinator position, reportedly, which is an indicator that Nick Sirianni is going to survive the monumental collapse the Eagles had yeah. at the end of the season. Sirianni and GM Howie Roseman are expected to do a joint press conference tomorrow that will be one of the more outside of houston entertaining press conferences to watch i think you know press conferences that have nothing to do with the texans at all that would be very high up on my list a philly media horde grilling howie roseman and nick sirianni after that end to the season i'm here a for good that misery tomorrow. watch yes yeah yes oh we might have to put that on the petty, petty cast. cast for we might have to do a petty cast tomorrow absolutely okay. yep for sure for sure um so there you go that's what's going on in Philly. Those are your eight at eight, the Ocho. Eight, eight stories to get your, your day started. All right, let's get back to D'Amico Ryans yesterday. D'Amico Ryans did his final press conference before we head into the offseason. I, I know a lot of Texan fans are wondering, what are they going to do in free agency? We get texts every segment, like, what are their top two needs? Who are they going to go sign? I think D'Amico Ryans gives a little bit of a roadmap to free agency and what it could look like this year with the Texans. I think he did that yesterday, and you'll hear it next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, I think this text message kind of sums things up for a lot of people. 
Um, this is from 9169 on the text page. I got to say, I wasn't going to listen to y'all this week because I didn't want to have to relive the loss to the Ravens, but this is the first year that the excitement for next season outweighs the disappointment to the end of this season. Yeah. And I, yeah. Think, I think that sums things up for a lot of Texans. I think, honestly, Seth, like that was the, that was sort of the mentality I kind of went into Saturday with. I was, don't get me wrong, I was super disappointed with how sloppy they looked on Saturday. Like that was, that bothered me. But there was, I mean, overall, like there was nothing about that game that dampened what I knew was going to be tremendous enthusiasm for this coming offseason. And this might be the last year that this is the case, too, by the way. This will be the last year that losing in the divisional round royally will lead to these feel-good stuff going into the next week. Yeah, I guess, I mean, in a lot of ways, this is where we were talking beforehand about, okay, what does this team remind you of in terms of the Astros run from 2015 through the present? And uh, a lot of that was going to depend on how it ended. And I think this right now feels a lot like 2015, where people were just happy to be in the be in the in the playoffs and to get a victory in a what we like to call a series, even though it was a one game series. One game, it was a nine inning series, yeah. <laughs> versus the Yankees, mm-hmm. here is almost like you got a bonus though too, because you had the play in game with the with the uh, the Colts. So that was yeah. almost like it was almost like an extra playoff game. But much like the Yankees, and after 2015, you thought, oh wow, they're on their way. The cautionary tale would be. Oh, 2016, they didn't make the playoffs. Miss the postseason, so, yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a little bit of a reminder that it's not always just the Cinderella story and they lived happily ever after. There, there can be adversity along the way. We saw that with the Jaguars this year. Jaguars were the Cinderella team at the end of last season, and it wasn't as simple as just extending that success on into this season. No, far from it. And, even, and boy, and, he, they, and for 11 games, it looked like that's exactly what they were doing. They're 8-3, and three, but you got to play right. 17 games, man. Um D'Amico Ryans yesterday was asked, because free agency is going to be big for the Texans this year. they got a lot of money that they can spend uh, on bringing new guys in. What's the pitch to free agents that you're trying to bring on to the Houston Texans? Uh, the conversation with our guys, it's for any free agent, it's about opportunities, right? I mean, guys want opportunities to showcase their talent when you're a free agent. And I think now with people seeing how we play, seeing our – young core players, right, especially seeing CJ, I think a lot of people probably want to play here in Houston, right, and, you know, that comes from the success that these guys have had, how they've shown up on the field. I think you get that recognition and you get that credibility from your peers around the league. Okay. I thought that was an interesting, when I listened to that, I thought that was interesting, like they want to showcase their talents, and when he said that, I'm thinking – I think guys want to get paid first and foremost, but the yeah. showcase the talent thing made me think of guys like Dalton Schultz and right, Devin Singletary, right. like the one-year yeah. sort of guys are looking to showcase their talents. Yeah, that's a, the biggest mistake I think you, you can make when talking about free agency is to get fixated on the big-ticket guys because yeah. the big-ticket guys largely are going to go where the money is. And because, listen, you, you give me $10 million more than everybody else – and I'll find the reasons that that's the spot for me. Like, oh, yeah, the atmosphere is incredible. Look at what they did at the end of last year. Oh, right, boy. Right. Yeah, they're, they're on the right track. Um, I think that it's in, in, which is fine because for one, like you see it time and time again, the marquee guys more often than not end up being not worth the money. So yes, it's awesome to get marquee guys. If they went after, you know, Mata BK or somebody from the Ravens, I would be, ecstatic about it 
But a lot of times that's just a money thing. When it comes to the guys like Dalton Schultz or just the mid-tier free agents and the guys who are kind of on the fringe, a lot of their offers are going to be relatively the same. And even if they're not, yeah, they're looking at, man, all right, I could go, <clears throat> I could take a, I could take a three-year deal at this one spot, but I feel like I'm worth more than that. But if I go to the Texans and I play with CJ Stroud on a one-year deal, that might really catapult me up into where I feel like I need to be. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where I think the Texans have they've entered that category. I think it's going to be a very easy sell to people about like especially if Sloak sticks around. Um that, look, look, this is a spot where your guy can come and look at what we did with uh, like, I don't know if, you know, maybe Rankins ends up getting a good deal this year. Maybe Dalton Schultz does. Uh, like, a lot of these one-year deal guys, uh, those will be the, the selling point to the next guys that come in. Yeah, I would even point to, if you're, like, recruiting wide receivers here, I'd point to Nico Collins. You know, like, look, yeah. at, Nico didn't put up any numbers, really, of substance his first couple of years. And now I'm looking on the TV, and here he was the pro football writers, named him all AFC uh, today, I've, I saw a graphic on the news in here that, that that he's been named All Conference. So he he grabs people's attention too because he's so big mm-hmm. and because he's got that. Uh, as Bobby Slowick said, he got he got angrier as the year went along, yeah. uh, which I liked because he had more of these angry runs yes. after catch. Like that Colts game, he was just seeking out people to truck going downfield. He's got that Kittle element to him, except he's faster. So like that uh, like that Brandon Ayuk, that Debo Samuel quality that people love he's got that nico collins is a badass name too that's a cool that's a name you would make up for a wide receiver on madden that's that's cool another name. thing well look think about like debo samuel brandon Ayuk. those are badass names too they are yeah and there's something too i gotta i gotta yeah. change my name to nico nico Payne. oh wow nico Payne. nico and Payne. dude nico Payne sounds like somebody who could definitely win the intercontinental championship on monday night raw Nico Either that or it Payne. sounds like one of those weird ailments that old people get that you don't know about. Like, I never knew what sciatica was when I was growing up. I was just like, what's this sciatica? It sounds awful. There's Nico Payne. What's wrong with Uncle Bob? <laughs> Nico Payne. Is that Nico Payne? That Nico Payne. Um, D'Amico. It sounds like the withdrawal from smoking. I got the, I got the old Nico. <laughs> yeah, Nico a, little bit, Payne. a little bit. Nico Payne. A little bit. Uh, here was D'Amico Ryans. Maybe this is a bit of a roadmap to, uh, to how they – handle and prioritize in free agency. D'Amico Ryan's talking about where they'll spend their resources. The front, again, is everything for me, and we'll invest a ton of resources into the front. If you want to play good defense, your front has to be elite. And that's why I envision us playing elite defensive football. We we have to get better there, and to get better, you have to invest the resources there up front. This Mm -hmm. I have felt this since the first list of free agents came out, uh, Earlier in the season, you know, like in week three, they start putting out top 50 free agents and, you know, yeah. and the Texans, I always look to see like, wow, the Texans actually have guys on there this year. Steven Nelson and Dalton Schultz and Jonathan Grenard. Um, this is a re- barring franchise tags. This is a really, really good free agency class for defensive tackles. That's where I got excited, though, because it, when you look at those free agency lists, right, you always have to remind yourself, OK, yeah, franchise tag. This guy's going to be tagged. He's going to be like Chris Jones going into last year. Yeah. Would have been like, oh, well, no, this guy, he's going to be a free agent, right? Nope, not going to. This year, this year, very good chance it's going to be different. He might be available. Um, but if it's not him, it's Matabike. There's multiple other interior defensive linemen. There's edge rushers. Clowney approached uh, Will Anderson and told him, 
that he was impressed with he was impressed with the the team. Jadavian Clowney came up to me last game. Miles Garrett came up to me last game. Josh Allen came up to me last game, and it's just like, bro, like y'all building something special over there, bro. Like, just keep going, keep being a leader, keep changing the culture over there. Like, y'all guys, like, the young guys over there are special, everything like that. So just to see that, you know, people are starting to recognize it, man. But it really just a testimony to the guys that we have in the, in the, in the, in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? Like, how we can buy in and know, like, what type of culture needs to be in order to be successful. So, uh, Clowney and Josh Allen, two free agents this year. The, the obviously Miles Garrett is not, but those two guys, those are two marquee free agents. Now, Clowney not marquee, marquee. I did at first. I was like, well, yeah, obviously Clowney's not coming back. And then I thought about, wow, you know, Clowney. Uh, if looking at this situation compared to what it was like under Bill O'Brien, it's just a different vibe, a hundred percent and altogether. Uh, I, I just wonder. I think Clowney's a guy that. I'm guessing doesn't sign somewhere until like August or so. So that might be something that maybe the Texans take a look at. Josh Allen, I'd be intrigued by. Um, but the one that the, the question people keep asking me is John Grenard or Chase Young. Like if you had to make the choice mm. between those two, I, I, I would encourage everybody to go look at John Grenard's career stats and Chase Young's career stats. And Grenard's are more impressive on a per game basis. It, like he's not the same physical presence that that Chase Young is, um, and Grenard's been injury prone, but Chase Young's been super injury prone. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, like, I'm guessing that Chase Young, just based on being the prototype, is going to end up getting a deal that's that's going to be overblown. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would be, I would really hesitate to pay Chase Young. The other thing too is that uh, I just I know that Grenard's a good solid dude. Uh, Chase Young, like for whatever it's worth, there's always kind of rumblings that maybe there's attitude issues or whatever. Like I don't, maybe that's garbage or what. All I know is that I know that Grenard's a, a really good dude. You know firsthand, and, he's been yeah, in your building. Yeah. It's not anecdotal yeah. stuff from outside. Yeah. So when you factor in all the other issues and everything, I think that for whatever Grenard is likely to get on free agency, which I don't think will be as much as Chase Young. Um, again, just because because Grenard's not the prototype. I would I would prefer Gennard at that contract. Um, here is D'Amico Ryan's on uh, retaining Jonathan Grenard. Hey, most of our guys would love to be back here. Uh, Jonathan specifically, he did a, a really great job for us. I think it's his most his productive year, his best year of his career. He did some really great things to allow us to be in position to win some games. Right, you, everything I believe in it starts up front with the with the rush. All right, and also with the offensive line and protecting. So you know, we'll continue to build with our fronts, start at the front and build backwards. That's how I envision it. And you know, Jonathan had a really great year. Okay, so one, one other little tidbit that I thought of as D'Amico is saying all of that about twice in that press conference, he talked about building from the defensive front and moving backwards, was when he was in San Francisco and the 49ers traded away DeForest Buckner. I'm, I'm going to guess that Robert Sala and D'Amico Ryan's at that point, thought like, you know, thanks, offensive-minded head coach. You <laughs> <laughs> just, you just took one of our best weapons and one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. Thanks for that. I wonder if there's a part. D'Amico's not, you know, D'Amico doesn't hold grudges the way you or I might. Uh, but I can see myself in that situation, almost like, almost as a matter of like sticking it to Kyle. <laughs> like I'm I'm gonna sign the biggest, most expensive free agent I can get, damn it. Yep. <laughs> and, I, 
And, uh, and when Dude. we play the 49ers, I'm going to design every blitz to kill their quarterback. Can you? To, can, to have this guy kill their quarterback. Imagine if DeForest Buckner was still on the 49ers on that defense. Yeah, what they end up getting, they probably, I mean, they, they, they got a McCaffrey out of it probably. They, they got a, well, they got a first round pick from the Colts. I forget. I want to say they used it on Kinlaw, I think the, the kid from South Carolina, but I'm not, pa- yeah. I'll look it up during the break. That's, it's an I mean, interesting. They have to, they've, they've been in that. I, I, I can't fault them for it because they're per, per, perpetually trying to manage like having a bunch of studs on the yeah, roster yeah, from a yeah. salary standpoint. And it's kind of tough. It's tough. It's tough. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, more from D'Amico Ryan. D'Amico Ryan's, I, I like this line of questioning yesterday about, um, you know, being a dad and being back home a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Do we believe D'Amico Ryan's when he tells us he's looking forward to this? We will tell you what it is next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Sports Radio 610. Um, D'Amico Ryans, he's already busy being the head coach of a football team. Not as busy this week as he's been in the previous 19 weeks, but still busy. The offseason's coming up. And he's got stuff going on at home. D'Amico's wife is due with, I believe, Ryan's child number four. We expect this. My wife is due here in a couple of weeks, so <laughs> I'm on baby watch. So, my <laughs> man, the stress level doesn't stop for me. <laughs> here we are again. All right, new season. Okay, so I, um, that's interesting. What? Yeah. Sorry, Seth. What if they had? What if they had won on Saturday and then won mm-hmm. on the next Sunday and were yeah. in the Super Bowl? All of a sudden, you've got a due date in the middle of Super Bowl week. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. I, I don't. I don't talk about this stuff anymore. I don't. <laughs> I don't talk paternity leave anymore. People. Oh get no, too no, no! I wasn't talking it. that. I'm just talking about the oh, stress. Okay. Yeah, no. Dude. Oh, I thought you were asking. Well, no. The obvious question would be like, okay, would CJ miss the Super Bowl if his would D'Amico, uh, yeah, his, or D'Amico miss yeah. the Super Bowl if he? Has no, that's not shot. where I was going with it yeah, at all. Okay. I know he wouldn't all miss right. the Super Bowl. I'm, yeah, no. I'm just. Oh, oh really, Sean? Really? <laughs> 
I don't Good think luck. he missed the Super oh, Bowl. I guess you don't care yeah. about children. Guess, Is that what you're saying, Sean? Yeah, yeah. no, I was just uh, yeah, alluding to yeah. the various levels of stress <laughs> that you go through when you're preparing for a Super Bowl and have a you know, a pregnant wife, presumably that at home. Be, yeah. yeah, I know. That'd be tough. Well, that's what I thought, too. I was like, man, if, uh, you know, you can just do the math. Let's see. What are you, February, March, April? Um, is a, uh, D'Amico doesn't, uh, D'Amico strong and steady no matter what the situation. They're preparing to draft C.J. Stroud and to trade up for Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also managed to procreate during that time, yeah, too. Yeah. Fulfilling all his, all of his, <laughs> Job duties as well as uh, familial duties. <laughs> Celebrating as, uh, the draft. A, yes, yes. Good for him. Yes. Yeah, good for him. Um, I, they uh, they asked him, and I forget who was asking the question. My apologies. Um, do they know, do the Ryans, does the Ryans family know the gender of the baby that they're having? No, we don't know. We're waiting until the actual day. <laughs> I feel like that's a rarity these days. I feel like yeah. way more. I mean, now it's you have a party to reveal the gender of the baby. You know, right? You yeah. know, so usually and hopefully if it goes, hopefully it goes awry, yeah. and then you can go viral on social media, right? So that kid will have that to remember uh, their parents by for the rest of. Their I life. guess D'Amico has, I believe, he has two boys and a girl. So mm. in terms of like hand me downs and stuff, he's got a closet full of both types of clothes. So he won't have to worry about worry that. about going out their, and buying the clothes. Their budget will be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. Can, uh, they'll be they'll be good with their hand me downs. Right, so. right, right, right. Well, I mean, just mean like day one. You know, you got and we got some clothes in the house here that they we can throw on. If you had all boys and all of a sudden you have a girl, it's like, oh man, I got to go get clothes for this kid. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I, um, I'm not worried. I, I don't think he's worried about the affordability of the whole thing. I think is where you might have been going. With yeah. What percentage of people seek not to know the gender? I guess. I know. I thought if you look at the sonogram, can you tell or can't you tell, or is oh, yeah. it more difficult than it might seem? Typically, I never you had can. a boy, so I don't know. Okay, typically you can. I mean, my my ex wife had a pregnancy where she had both in there at the same time, and you could definitely, you know. So I I was able to see like side by oh, yeah, side. Oh yeah, the whole difference. Yeah, I feel like uh, like if the doctor's going to show you the sonogram, but right. you don't want to know the gender, they got to put the little like the little censored box there, which feels weird. I I don't know. It's like I. Uh, there's a uh, that, that, that's a strange uh, strange thing to do for a, a little sonogram. The photo. person mo- getting most uncomfortable with this topic right now is my son, who I'm sure is listening on the Odyssey app. He's like, "Pop, you better say they were able to see that I was a dude on that sonogram." All right. Do you, do you remember the Nirvana album that had the little boy I, naked in the pool? I do. That little boy is now a man, and sometime in the last couple of years, he sued. Uh, on the grounds of just uh, you know showing pictures of his really yeah 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 I don't know whatever happened to the lawsuit I was gonna say I was gotta, successful? I'll be honest with you yeah I grow up and I'm like out there and you know, like that's a it'd be a cool thing if you were uh, if you were a baby on the cover of one of the most iconic albums of all time uh, you know you might drop that in a date or something but like if all of a sudden it, your little dangler is dangling there too. Like then all of a sudden it becomes awkward and weird. I can't, I don't know. I don't know. My, this is a text message. My wife and I wanted to wait until the birth to find out, uh, what our first kid, find out the, the gender of our first kid, but some idiot temp at the OB office ruined it when she called and gave us the fetal genetic test results for muscular dystrophy and said, quote, she passed all the tests, end quote. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Drop the pronoun in there, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a lawsuit over the naked baby on Nirvana's Nevermind. Okay. Uh, it had been dismissed because of the statute of limitations, but an appeals court ruled that it could proceed 
noting that the album had be re- oh, it'd been reissued in 2021. So if they had just changed the album cover, oh, statute geez. of limitations would have prevented it. Yeah. Oh, poor Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl never can never catch a break, apparently. Yeah, man. Yeah. Not to mention Courtney Love. She's still alive. Yeah. Like, a man. Man, those poor people. Poor people. And not, not to mention that, that weird bassist. <laughs> that dude. <laughs> what the hell happened to that guy? Someone's saying that... <laughs> the fourth Ryan's kid is the, we got CJ and Will, baby. <laughs> no, but this would have been before the draft. Yeah, maybe. Right? Nine months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah thereabouts. Thereabouts. Um, they might have known what was coming down the pike, you know? They, they, I mean, they knew they were going to be able to get CJ for sure. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you here on a Tuesday. Let's hear, um, let's hear one more from D'Amico Ryan's. He said he's looking forward to something that – I don't know how many parents look forward to this, but here was D'Amico Ryans. I'm excited to be able to spend some time with them, go hang out in the car line with everyone else. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, definitely be a fun time. Thank you for the question. All right. Does, uh, do we believe that D'Amico Ryans is looking forward to waiting in the car line for his I think kids? if he's only if he has to do it for two weeks or less, he will be. Yeah, I think it's, it's just, uh, the newness of it he'll like. Like, hey, I don't get to do yeah. this very often. I, th- I always try to. I always try to remind myself in situations like that where you you have a new chat task or responsibility and you're really enjoying it. I always ask myself, okay. I always I, I would feel that exact same way when I started working on the farm every summer. Mm-hmm. Like I'd come home from college and work on the farm. In the first few days, I'd be out on a tractor getting a tan, and uh, and I'd be like, yeah, this is the life. You know what? I'm definitely going to go into farming when I'm done. And then after about like the fourth or fifth day, um, I was uh, I, I I just wanted to jump underneath the tractor's wheels by uh, by by the tenth <laughs> hour of sitting on a tractor in the sun uh, out in a field all by myself. Yeah, or after after my nine hundred and eighty seventh shovel full of manure, I, I was ready to jump into the manure. Yeah, I was gonna say take a deep breath. I feel like there's certain tasks that had a better shelf life than others. Shoveling manure would have been a day one thing for me. I'm like, God, this okay, this is new. And then after like ninety minutes, I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> Riding a tractor actually sounds kind of fun. Um, well, you know, now with podcasts and everything, yeah, yeah, I should revisit that. Yeah, you didn't have a Walkman. You weren't popping in. I had cassettes? a Walkman, but I had like seven cassettes. You know, I, I'm listening to I'm listening to the Naked Baby album. You know, for the ninth time. Right. <laughs> Can only take so much Nirvana. <laughs> Sitting there That's wondering true. if this kid will sue someday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wonder. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, so yeah, the looking forward to the car line. I don't know, D'Amico. I, I I think you're looking forward to it for. I, I give the shelf life one week. One week. It all depends on how well policed it is and how well re- regulated it yeah. is at their school. Yeah. It, it always seems like Nick Nick uh, calls us when he's dropping the kids off at school, and, yes. and never, he never seems overly aggravated. So no. they probably have a pretty smooth operation. I just uh, this is one thing I would ask. I, I likely won't be dropping kids off at school anytime soon until maybe I have grandchildren or something. So it would be a long time. Can you please, for the love of God, people, get your kids' backpacks on them before you get up to the oh, drop-off yeah, zone? Yeah. Like what if, we've been sitting here for 10 minutes. How the hell How the hell were your kids just now alerted to the fact that they were going to have to grab their crap and get out yeah, of the car? Yeah, dude, those are the same people that clog the aisle way on a plane. Spending yeah. 90 seconds getting their bag out from up top and getting stuff from out the pocket in front of them, the seat pocket, and no everything else. No sense of urgency about No them. sense of urgency, yeah, yeah. 
Now, you're always sitting in first class, so you don't get to experience that like <laughs> me always. back in coach. Yeah. I, had to, I had to sit in the emergency exit row this weekend. It was, uh, it was awful. It was Yuck. brutal. <laughs> no, I was lucky. I had a guy... I had a guy that was five foot nine next to me. We were cool. Oh, Except cool. I give him, this is what I do, Sean. Mm-hmm. I'm a big guy, but if I'm sitting on the window seat, I spend the entire flight. I'll Please. sit on the right, hopefully, with my arm like across my body and mm. leaning into the side. Because I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to cross any vertical planes into that middle seat person's airspace. Is there a reason why one side of the plane is easier to do that than the other for you? Is it a shoulder issue for you? It's a, no, yeah, it's because my left, I've got arthritis in my left shoulder, yeah. so it's easier to just kind of lean the right shoulder. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to put your arthritis out there like that. I was just curious. <laughs> I'm going to sue you just like the Nirvana baby. <laughs> I just hip it, Seth. All right, Sean Pendergast, <laughs> Seth Payne with you. We head into the 9 o'clock hour. Um, C.J. Stroud and, um, and D'Amico Ryans. C.J. used the D word yesterday. Got me excited. That <laughs> is next. Not the D word you think. That is oh, next. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.